Hey. Well, welcome here, everyone. We are glad that you're joining us, uh, no matter what the weather is and uh, where you're from, uh, from far away. Uh, so our physical location is uh, on the lands of the Semiamu, Stolo, and Kwantlen peoples. And we are grateful and thankful to be here. Uh, we're going to move into another participatory uh, exercise that Kathy's going to lead us in. Oh, by the way, my name is Lando, I forgot to say, and it's my wife, Kathy, and uh, uh, this is called uh, Visio Divina. So I'm going to kind of get out of the way here. I just want to say that I am so thankful for all the ways that God talks to us um, in, my, in our imaginations and bringing a memory back um, from his word, books, other people. And this morning, we're going to look at a picture and ask God if he wants to say anything to us from that. Here's a picture. I found it stunning when I first saw it on Facebook. Anyways, um, Lord, meet with us today as we look at this picture and is there anything that you want to say to our spirit so look at the image and let your eyes stay on the very first thing that you notice and keep your attention on that part for a little while now let your eyes take in the whole image get every part of the photograph And then consider these questions. What emotions does this image trigger in you? Trigger. Let's say evoke. That's better. <laughs> hope. There says hope. Um, what does the image stir up in you? Makes me smile. Is God telling you or reminding you, teaching you anything through this, looking at this image? Security, even in emptiness, amazing. Renewal, protection by God, being surrounded. I love, surrounded by love, hope. Does this image lead you to any action, any sort of prayer? For me, I wanted to say the image was like a hug. I'm going, oh my word. So I thank you, God, for that hug, for holding me, for holding us, for giving us the hope. Yes, the generation to come. I thank you that even though some of us will eventually, well, 
the generation to come will out, outlive us. We won't be here to watch it, but you will be, Lord. Keep praying for a miracle in the hardest places. Prayer for new life birthed out of the old. Hope for the new year. How we nurture new life. It actually looks like somebody put potting soil inside the tree, but probably not, but it's cool. And help us nurture the next generation. The children we have, the children we might have, our grown children, grandchildren. And thank you that you are there to nurture them. It wants to grow. You can't keep life down. Thanks. I think that's it. We're going to um, ask Dave and Sherry to lead us in communion. <clears throat> Hi. Uh, good morning, everyone. Morning. So um, we are Dave and Sherry Sinclair. Um, we're generally in the South Surrey areas where we live, and we're just visiting family today on Vancouver Island in the little town of Parksville. So that's where we are this morning. Yeah, so we'll, we'd like to uh, lead everyone in communion. We're honored to do that. Um, what the way we like to do it is we have um, two prayers that answer. Do you have those? Okay. Uh, we'll lead you, we'll read along together the two prayers. One is the Apostles' Creed, and the other one is the Confession of Sin. Uh, so if we, you want me to? Yeah, I can. No, Sherry's going to read it out, and then we can read along with it. One, again, one uh, caveat that I would say with this one if you're not familiar with it is the part that says i believe in the holy catholic church that's not talking at a, about a particular denomination it's uh it's uh, regarding the entire church uh, worldwide of believers yeah so if you have something to eat and drink and yeah we'll, we'll do that we'll do that afterwards after. yeah um, just if you want to grab that yeah so i'll just read it out you're welcome to say it as well, um, or just read. So this is the Apostles' Creed, or the Nicene Creed. Um, I believe in God, the, the Father, Father Almighty, Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. earth. I, I believe in Jesus Christ, Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. And then the, um, so that's what we're saying we believe, and then confessing sin against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we've done and by what we've left undone. We've not loved you with our whole heart. We've not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry, and we humbly repent. 
For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. So I'm, I'll be reading from uh, the Message Bible, which I really like. Uh, very uh, plain, easy to understand. Uh, <clears throat> from uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. Um, the title of the bread and the cup. During the meal, Jesus took and blessed the bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. And taking the cup and thanking God, he gave it to them. Drink this, all of you. This is my blood. God's new covenant poured out for all people for the forgiveness of sins. I'll not be drinking wine from this cup again until the new day when I'll drink with you in the kingdom of my father. Then they sang a hymn and went directly to the Mount of Olives. And so <clears throat> what I'd like to do now is we'll have the communion elements ready. Um, one thing I'd like to do is invite you to the table of the Lord. Um, this is, uh, I like to go again. We, we learned this from Brian Zahn, another fellow uh, uh, oh, who some of you may be familiar with. And I love the way Brian introduces it before um, taking the elements. And so what he'll say is this, and what we say to you is this. Um, Come, you who have been here long and you have not, you who have not, you who have tried and you who have failed. Come, for this is the, this is the Lord's will that we would take and eat of this. Um, you have much faith and you who have little. Come. It is the Lord's will. So the body of Christ broken for us, the blood of Christ shed for us. Amen. Oh, oh, and now we'd like to um, pray for both Sarah and Eden as they lead us today. Father God, thank you for both of these women. Thank you for um, their uh, commitment to you, Lord, and their love for you and for all of us. We uh, ask you to comfort them today and to enlighten them and fill them with your, your peace. Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Thanks, you guys. Um, Eden's having tech issues this morning, but I'm I'm glad you say I'm gonna. I'll I'll leave you I'll leave you alone for now, and we'll come back. All right. So, um, we thought we'd start this year out uh, with a bit of our own stories and the Bridges story, and our dreams slash intentions slash hopes for this coming year. So today, Eden and I are going to tag team, and because I've been part of the bridge for longer than her, I get to go first. Um, I am too old to go back to the beginning of my personal story. Uh, it's just too long. But I thought I would just take a, a stab at my role of pastor within my bigger and probably much more interesting story. Um, but the pastor role is pertinent to today. So um, here we go. I became a pastor for children. Uh, oh, sorry, not for children, with children first, way back in university. And I started kids ministry when our church moved to morning gatherings as more families joined us and it became really obvious that we needed to have one. 
Um, I've been doing kids in various forms for 35 years. I say it quietly because it makes me feel so stinking old. Um, it has been very, very, very fun. Um, I have got to hang out with a lot of kids in that time who are now having kids of their own all over the place. Some of them are even close to grandchildren. Um, and it has been and continues to be delightful. When I was um, 20-ish, I can't remember exactly when, but I was around 20. Um, I was at a family camp. And one night during worship, I had a picture in my mind of a room full of kids with bigger people around the edges. And as I looked at that picture in my mind, I heard a voice say to me, go and tell them they have a father in heaven who loves them. And that has been my mission ever since. And nothing has changed. As they say, old orders are good orders. So my, my, uh, my instruction was go and tell them they have a father in heaven who loves them. That'll do. Um, I trained as a teacher and I worked in regular schools and I did that on purpose. I didn't want to work in private schools and particularly Christian schools. Um, the opportunities came up a couple of times to do so, but I was like, no, thank you very much. Um, because I wanted to hopefully communicate that message to kids who had potentially not heard it before. Um, so that was my decision at that point. At some point, I transitioned to part-time teaching and part-time pastoring. Um, and I enjoyed that back and forward between the two roles for a few years. And then we moved to Canada. Um, I moved with Steve and Karen, uh, who you know, you've seen them, they're on here. Um, they've led communion and other bits and pieces and Steve's led worship and stuff. Um, we've been living together in community as a family for 23 years and we came to Canada together. Um, I feel like the idea to come was simultaneous for all of us, but separate, although we're connected, but separate. If you know what I mean, it's kind of complicated. Um, but we we did everything in the wrong order. Um, you know that they had this thing anyway. Um, for me, the invitation was to an adventure and I jumped at it. And so we came. Steve got a job as a family doctor, but I didn't have a job. Um, I was not qualified to teach here until I upgraded. This is ridiculous. My first year level university courses. Um, university works really differently in the UK. In the first year of university, they presume you've done education already and don't make you do English, math, science, history, geography. Um, so you just go straight into doing whatever it is that you're doing. So I went straight into doing education and straight into doing art. And I, the first year doesn't do all those foundation things. Um, so the, the BC teachers um, was really happy with my 11 years teaching experience, but they said, oh, but you don't, you didn't do calculus. And I'm like, and what is the use of calculus with five-year-olds? But anyhow, um, I had to do calculus and English literature and uh, science and geography and anyway, bonkers. So I was missing those classes. It was a bit frustrating, um, but it did mean that I got time off. Um, so I came on a six month work visa, uh, not work visa, visitors visa, and then applied for a second one, which I got um, because I had applied for permanent residency, but hadn't got it yet because we shouldn't have come at the point that I didn't have permanent residency. That was, we did it backwards. But anyhow, never mind. Um, I had a really fun nine months not working, doing a little bit of studying, but basically having time off. And Karen and I went shopping and we bought all the electric things that we couldn't bring from the UK because they would have blown up. Um, we explored this place and we spent 
Uh, I spent my way through my English savings and it was looking like I was going to have to go back to England because 12 months as a visitor is all you get. And I was running out of time and money. But then, but then the staff and leadership team relationships at the Abbotsford Vineyard, uh, which had been on the ropes for a while, came to a head and the bridge was plopped from it. It wasn't a plant. It was a plop. If you were part of that, you'll know what that was like. Um, it was messy and ugly, and the bridge began. Um, Kevin Bowes gave a really good account of this back in December 2022. If you want to go back on the podcast and have a listen, you'll get the Abbotsford Vineyard angle and all of that. Um, so you can find it in the back episodes. But back to my story as it weaves into this one. I was hanging around. I was having fun. I was not working. Um, but I had loads of previous experience and stuff. And the team that was starting the bridge asked if I would like to join them to do kids. Um, it was um, Dean phoned me. Dean Richmond was the pastor. And he uh, phoned me and he asked if I would like to work for him. And did I want to pray about it? To which my reply was, no, I've been praying for it. Thank you very much. Yes. Um, and so nine months to the day. OK, so the, 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 the weird thing of this timing was January 1st, we had the let's go to Canada thought. September 1st, we were on the plane. And then nine months after that, so what would that make it? March 1st, um, they offered me a job. So like nine and nine, it was a, it was a freaky, freaky season. Um, so anyway, nine months later, I started working for the church. They got me a religious workers visa and I was still waiting for permanent residency. I have it now. Actually, I'm now a citizen, but, you know, I got out on the way. Um, the church start was a ride. Man, it was insane. We had 550 people on the first Sunday um, with nowhere to meet on the second. And so I sprang into action. We found a spot to meet. We cleaned more flies and filth than I have ever seen in my whole life to make a space for our little people. Um, we bought tarps so the bigger kids could be outside because we and have somewhere to sit because we didn't have a room for them. Um, and we told parents to bring toys because um, that they would be happy to leave behind because we had nothing. It was bonkers. And I worked so freaking hard and so long for those first few years to get everything up and running. But the church's foundation was rocky. And within four years, there was a nasty bust up on the leadership team and it got really ugly again. I saw this from closer in this time and it was unpleasant to say the least. Many people have left our church over time for many reasons. And this was one of the big ones. Um, it wasn't a church split so much as a scattering. Like everybody was just like, oh, if church is like this, I'm out. And they left. And it was hard. For me, it was a season of putting my head down and working and keeping Sundays happening and making things go behind the scenes because the team that had started the church was just self-destructing. I was encouraged by one of the people that we called in as advisors during this time to just do your job. I couldn't quite manage that. I did my job and I held everything else together too. Because I really felt like this community needed to survive. And we did. Because here we are. Just. No, um, since 2010, the bridge has gone through a lot of shifts. None quite as dramatic as the beginning or as ferocious as 2010. Um, but the shifts have been subtle, but there. And we have moved towards a more loving, 
more encompassing, all-embracing position where God isn't mad at you and loves everyone. And that has annoyed some people who really needed God to be angry. And they left. And it annoyed people who wanted God to love some but not everybody. And they left. But that has made room. I mean, I'm sad that those people have left and I wish they'd have hung on and I wish they'd have come through with us and figured a way through that whole thing. But it's made room. We have expanded our hearts and it's drawn us to a place where God is love and God loves everyone. And this is fully lined up with the message that I heard way back at the beginning. Tell them they have a father in heaven who loves them. I don't see any need to change that message. Our strap line as a church is loving God by loving what God loves. And we say that God loves what, not who, because saying that God just loves people is a bit too reductive. God loves. And if you could see my notes right now, you'd see that that is written in all capital letters because it needs shouting. So, Eden, over to you. How do you fit into this picture? Good morning. Um this has been fun because Sarah and I decided we wouldn't tell each other what we were sharing. <clears throat> so uh, it was interesting to hear um, Sarah's version. And I, I can't even tell most of that story because I wasn't around. Um, now that I'm 60, I feel the need to really cut back on how I tell my story. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm going to start at age 39 and abbreviate as I tell the story. So the year I would turn 40, I had a very significant encounter with Jesus. And it began in January when I was doing some listening prayer and I heard Jesus say that he would call me by a new name. Over the next nine months, I found myself undergoing a major shift in my relationship with God and uh, also with myself. So it's epiphany. And so I'll share a little epiphany I had this week. Uh, 20 years ago, as I journeyed with Jesus, he entered into my dreams. And in my dreams, he drove into the backyard in a backhoe. The image of my backyard was symbolic of my heart. I watched as it came right up to me and stopped. That's the backhoe. And it was then that I realized that Jesus was driving that backhoe. He popped out of the cab and called to me and said, I'm about to do some work in your yard. You can either join me up here or stay where you are. But if you stay, this could crush you. And I, I want to be really clear that not once in this journey did I ever feel like Jesus was threatening me. This felt like one huge invitation to me, and I accepted it and crawled into the cab each day. So you can imagine that I found it a little funny this week that this was my view from our kitchen window. The epiphany comes in the form of now recognizing that the heavy machinery is in my front yard and that maybe there is yet another journey on the horizon. What happened over the months was that things were unearthed in my backyard, things I had buried, 
things others had buried and things that had been thrown over the fence that needed to be addressed. It was a profoundly transformative journey that culminated with Jesus calling me Eden. And I embraced that transformation so far as to actually legally change my name. This was a big setup that five years later had me considering uh, a formal call to ministry. Bradley and I had been a team in ministry for 20 years, but I was always in a supportive role. And I was definitely not one who wanted to be on stage. But in 2008, as Bradley waved the white towel at the precipice of a burnout, uh, the leadership team of our beloved Freshwind Fellowship asked me to step up to lead the church. I would not have even given this request a moment of consideration prior to my journey in 2003. But I was no longer that same person. So telling God very matter-of-factly that I thought this was likely going to be their first big mistake, I, with fear and trepidation, accepted the call and the invitation to lead. And for the next five years, I did just that. I loved this family, and they loved me, and they willed me to succeed and lavished me with their support. In the spring of 2018, after a very challenging year on a personal level, I found myself attending a service at the bridge. Dean and Janine Richmond, who led the church, were classmates of Bradley and I at Bible College, and I determined very quickly that I would like to make this my home church. I happily participated Sunday mornings and loved not having any significant responsibilities. In the meantime, Bradley had been attending an Orthodox church and had been chrismated. We determined together that we would honor each other's expressions of faith, and that while that meant we would be attending different churches on a Sunday morning, that this in no way would come between us. And we do, in most part, still believe the same things. March of 2020, COVID hit, and with Sarah's significant help, the bridge managed to stay connected via Zoom and became a lifeline to some who were left quite alone during the lockdown. In the fall of 2020, I accepted the invitation to be on the steering team. And because I loved this small gathering of people, I had made new friends. I was happy to accept more responsibilities. Near the end of 2020, the Richmond shared that they were stepping down from leadership at the end of the year and left us with a significant hole to fill. Of course, we had Sarah, who is, to be clear, likely the only reason we still are a organized church and sometimes a disorganized church, but that's not usually Sarah's fault. But it was also clear that she was not going to be able to manage on her own. And so in early January of 21, I was asked if I would consider coming on staff. I offered to take on a halftime position and co-lead with Sarah. With this invitation, I also felt the need to qualify the acceptance 
by stating my desire and agenda to bring this church to being fully affirming and inclusive of our queer siblings. I shared this first with Sarah, who, just like Mary, said yes. And then to the steering team, who also said yes to a process to do so. Without knowing how to go about this, just a deep desire and sense that this was an important shift to make, we started the process. We didn't make the process a theological thing or look for a clobber text from scripture, but rather focused on how Jesus did ministry in the Gospels. And what we were seeing was that Jesus kept reaching out to the margins, the Gentiles, the sick, the lame, the women, the Romans, even the religious. So over the next four or five months, I sat with anyone who cared to have a conversation about the shift. Still in lockdown, my deck became a safe place to visit, to ask questions, to share concerns, and just talk it all out. To those of you who came for a chat, I want to thank you for working out your faith with fear and trembling. By the end of June 21, the steering team voted unanimously to become an affirming and inclusive church. I have to tell you that you have each moved me over time as I see you stepping into demonstrating the love of God for all their children. I sense God's pleasure when we are together having removed the hoops and barriers that prohibited some from joining in. I'm proud of this community and the extravagant love that it demonstrates. My journey with Jesus in the backhoe was vital to being able to say my yes to the roles I've been invited into in the past 15 years. I just want to encourage each of you to enter into whatever journey Jesus may have for you. And I want to say a big thank you to this bridge community for saying a collective yes to a journey with Jesus that brought us to being this affirming and inclusive faith community. Back to you, Sarah. Thank you. That was fun. Okay. So this is uh, where we've trying to do the, the back tech as well as talk at the same time, sort of challenge. Here we go. Um, so this is where we've got to. Um, so where do we go from here? A new year is as good a place as any to reboot, reset, readjust and redirect. Um, and so we, that's what we thought we'd do. So um, again, Eden and I have not conferred on this. So we could be going in utterly different directions. Who even knows? Maybe that's part of the tension and the excitement of the whole thing. Um, so I don't know about you, but I have words that I carry into the year each year. Um, a lot of times on this Sunday um, and over previous years, we've done handing out words to everybody. And I'm, we're not going to do that today, but um, it is something that we've done. Um, but it's something that I, I do every year. I have spent um, since the beginning of Advent uh, every day looking at different aspects of this and waiting for my word to kind of filter in Um and I have uh, two, well, actually, maybe three words in my pockets to carry into 2024. Um, these words are rest and surprise with an underlying theme of sustainability. So um, I took part in this 
uh, retreat event that went through Advent and Christmas and culminated yesterday on Epiphany um, to discover the word for the year. The first part was about listening. Um, the second part was about receiving. And the third part was about carrying it. Early on in the season, I felt that the word rest was coming to the surface. And I resisted that word for the longest time. I was like, I'll be, no, go away. Um, I kept waiting for something else to rise to the surface, but rest kept coming up. And I kept telling it, no, I do not want you to be my word. I do enough resting. Thank you very much. I want action. But then uh, in this final section, when we were talking about carrying the word, um, one of the people encouraged us to look at the opposite meaning of the words. And so I looked at the word rest and I was like, antonyms for rest and strain and stress were the first two that came up. And I'm like, oh, okay, now it makes sense. I'll take it. Okay, yes. Rest is not in action, but rest is action without strain and undue stress. It is ease. And I'm like, oh, okay, I can do that. I'll take a bit of that. Yes, please. And the other word uh, was given to me by my, by my spiritual director when I asked her to give me a word. And that word was surprise. And for me, this is about having my eyes open for holy moments of wonder. It's about being aware. It's about having all my senses like tingly and ready to see beauty when it comes, to find funny moments when they happen and to just notice. So if our church can have words to carry into this new year too, then I'd be really happy. I'd actually love our church to have those words to carry. Rest, surprise, with an underlying level of sustainability. Um, I wrote a poem slash conversation that I had with God um, and I thought I'd share it with you. Hold on, any second now, here it is. I hear the invitation to silence, creative expression, connection to nature. Are these the paths for me to take? And the reply came, sit and wait and you will see. Start in rest and be surprised. I asked for a gift and the gift was a three-legged stool, a place to rest, a place to watch, a place to wait. One leg is silence, one leg is creative expression, and one leg is deeply rooted in the earth and her wisdom. Start in rest. Breathe deeply in, pause, and be surprised. The great exhale. If we can exist as a body with ease, then that'll be good. Not with inaction, but with action that is smooth and easy and like a well-oiled machine. No, 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 not like a machine, like a body, a well-functioning body. When you know you are loved, I mean, really know it deep down, then you can relax. It isn't on you to hold anything together because you are the one who is being held together. It starts in rest. It starts in knowing that we are loved and then showing other people that they are loved too. I want us as a church to know that we are loved and then to turn and love our neighbor. And we'll figure that out, the how of that as we go. And then surprise, because there is more. God is everywhere, in everyone and everything. And in all things, God tells us that they are love. 
Our theme for this year is holy everywhere. And I hope that we might see God at work, at play, at creation, at restoration, at peacemaking, and all other things that are good. And that we might see them doing all of that in and through and all around all of us. And back to you. Thanks, Sarah. We really should have a baton that we're passing back and forth. Um, that's interesting. And um, while my dream for this year is somewhat different, I think you'll see how it correlates. Um, or I hope we can make something up that makes it sound like it correlates. Uh, so my dream for the bridge in this coming year is all about connection. In many ways, I feel like we're still recovering from lockdown. So what if we became a quilted blanket? What if we each brought our piece, our square, and we didn't worry about what color or pattern was on the square, whether the material was showing its wear or if it was brand new? What if we each boldly brought ourselves and willingly connected ourselves to the next square, the next person, the next friend, and gave our consent to being stitched together. And what if this was an infinity blanket where we just keep adding more squares? And what if you aren't a square? What if we allowed everyone to take on their own shape and size? And we let God make the pattern. What if there is no end to this quilted blanket? That we will each always be willing to be joined and connected to the next piece, the next person who shows up and needs a friend. That's my dream for this year. I'm just going to close. I wrote a little prayer too, like Sarah did, and you might hear some repeating words. So Jesus, as we enter this new year, give us courage to go on the journey that awaits us. Accompany each of us as we follow the path ahead. Remind us of your presence with us each day. Help us to know when to rest and when to move on. We trust you, Jesus, to be at our side. Amen. Amen. That was fun. I'm glad we didn't. I'm glad we didn't um, confer. I kind of like the fact that we um, just randomly went. And uh, it's interesting how that happened. Okay, I'd love to hear what your dreams are for this coming year. Everybody else. Because um, it's not just about us. We're, we just get to be the voices right now. But everybody gets to be a voice around here. So that's fine. Next week we are in person and on Zoom. I um, I want to transition away from calling it live and Zoom because we are always live. The beauty of this space is that we are live together in the same space um, and we get to have this conversation and we actually have a better conversation on Zoom than I think we do in the in the um, in-person space because we can have a conversation all together which is really valuable um, over you know just a quick snatched hi and how's it going as you're passing in the in-person space. So um, we're not going to call that live anymore. We're going to call that in-person plus because it's it's always live. So next week is in-person plus. 
So in person plus anybody who can't be actually in person with us, we'll be there on Zoom and Judy will be leading communion and having a little group with you guys in the coffee break. So um, you get to have that time too. So the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he turn his face towards you and may he give you his peace as we walk into this year together. Amen. Party Amen. on, everybody. Blessings on you all.